0: Hi, and welcome back to NFL Game Time Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Rubinson.
1: And I'm Shai Dweck.
0: Week 16 has come, and it is now, for teams that are on the outside looking in, their final chance to squeeze into the playoff picture as playoff spots are up for grabs. So, Shai, let's get right into it, because it's game time. So, before we get into the games... Uh, this was just a really interesting nugget that came out uh, this past week. And it's that NFL teams who are looking for a new head coach and have a head coaching vacancy are allowed to actually start requesting and even interviewing candidates from other teams starting, I believe, yesterday, actually. Which, usually you can see, um, you know, candidates interview for other teams' coaching head coaching vacancies during the postseason— but this is actually brand new this season that uh, the NFL is allowing other teams' assistant coaches to interview with other teams for their head coaching vacancy during the regular season. Now, a catch, you know, the catch is that interviews can only last up to two hours maximum. So a lot of teams are figuring, hey, we'll just wait to the end of the season to have kind of the unlimited time limit interview. And then this, this also this does only, this only applies to head coaches. So there are now six teams after the Marty Herney firing. Uh, the Panthers obviously are letting go of their general manager Marty Herney, and they're now another team to be on the lookout for a new general manager come twenty twenty one. This so this rule does not apply to general managers. So if you are looking for a new general manager. You cannot start interviewing GM can candidates from other teams. So I just wanted to start with that. I thought that was you know just really interesting and something that obviously is very new to this y- year. So, Shy, let's start with some Friday football. Friday NFL football. You know, I'm very excited for this. I I kind of wish we had some Friday football in the past, and obviously. You know, we've had Tuesday football, we had Wednesday football this year and before, but this is the first time, at least that I'm aware that, you know, at least in my time watching football, that there's some Friday football. So, let's start with the Friday game. Vikings-Saints in New Orleans. I got the Saints winning. You know, I know Drew Brees had a bit of an iffy performance, but coming off of, what, 12, 12 broken ribs and a punctured lung? I mean... I thought he played pretty well knowing he was not 100%. Obviously, he was really shaky early on. But I thought as the game kind of wore on, he was able to settle down. So, I thought he played well as the game went on. And, you know, at the end of the day, the Saints had an opportunity to beat the Chiefs. Obviously, they couldn't complete the comeback. But against a Vikings team that has been up and down all season long... I'm going to take the Saints' consistency all day, every day. An interesting matchup, though, will be the Saints' secondary, led by Marshawn Lattimore and Janoris Jenkins, taking on a pretty sneaky, uh, good wide receiver duo with the Vikings and Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, Jefferson who made the Pro Bowl in his rookie season. So I got the Saints, I think, at home. You know, I know you don't have the crowd noise, but we all know that the Saints' team also does play much better at home. So I'm going with the New Orleans Saints.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, Alex, and I agree again that it's this game is uh, mainly about Drew Brees and his comfort level and his health, um, because for the majority of that game, their offense was stagnant. It was not really consistent. Drew Brees seemed to have trouble, you know, connecting with his guys, um, and it it just seemed like you know what it was he, that he didn't have the. Um, he was coming back from injury didn't get sort of maybe to get a lot of experience the chemistry of his receivers. Michael Thomas was ruled out now is on IR. Um so that obviously didn't help. You know, they have a lot of chemistry from working together. Um we so saw I, I think Traquan Smith leave the game as well. I don't I yeah, I do believe he was did not return. Um you may have to fact check me on that one, but I do believe he was out for most of the game. Um so I, he was working with relatively newer targets, and I thought he just didn't look like himself for most of the game. As you mentioned, the fourth quarter, he did give him that chance to win. But I it's going to be interesting to see, can he bring that over um, against a Minnesota team where maybe not a ton of playoff implications are on the line? The Saints are expected to win. They should win. Their defense could probably carry them to a win, even if he struggles. But it's out again, having that, Having Drew Brees be comfortable, um, comfortable getting into playoff action, so this offense can really take rhythm. Because we saw even with Taysom Hill, which is no, which is not much of a surprise against they played Atlanta twice, Denver, not great defenses, not terrible, but not great. Definitely, they they struggled there as well. So interesting to see can the Saints' offense begin to build and start to play really complementary football as we roll into the playoffs.
0: Well, I will add that, you know, you said that there wasn't that much up for grabs, well the NFC South actually has not been decided. Now, it is widely expected that sooner rather than later the Saints will lock that up. But the you know, there is still the Saints are still playing for something. It's not like they are locked and loaded in the division or at one some or at one seed. I will say Cam Dansler and even Jeff Gladney, but especially these last couple of weeks with uh, Cameron Dansler, the Vikings rookie cornerback, he has shown monumentous growth throughout the year. And I remember I said at the beginning of the year that, you know, I had faith in Mike Zimmer that he would kind of be able to coach and develop these guys. And as ugly as it looked the first half of the season, you look at the last few games, even against Tampa, these defensive backs, these young. Uh, playmakers for the Vikings D has really, have really blossomed over the course of the season and have kind of turned into the players that I think a lot of people were expecting coming into the season. So that's obviously a big reason for optimism if you are a Vikings fan heading into 2021.
1: And just to add to that, I think the Vikings defense does appear promising. And offensively, they, they look okay when Kirk Cousins has the time to throw and connect. With, with his playmakers and Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen um, but he hasn't had that time and against Chicago the offensive line really really struggled against Chicago's front and they're having the state front now which is not much of an improvement in fact probably not at all uh, they're one of the best front sevens in football I expect them to give um, the Vikings offensive line fits again and uh, Kirk Cousins will probably be on his back a lot for this one so Again, I do think this Vikings team and this defense is on the rise, but this week offensively could be hard for Kirk Cousins and company.
0: Offensive line, definitely a possible draft target and off season, uh fix that they're going to need to kind of focus on uh, when they direct their resources and assets. So now let's go to the Saturday games. We actually have four straight days of football, so it should be a really fun holiday weekend. And we're going to start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Detroit Lions, and the Lions' Derek Bevel, he was, I believe, a high-risk close contact, so now he can't coach, and the Lions have a whole whole bunch of issues with their coaching staff in relation to COVID, and we know this Lions team isn't the most well-coached team to begin with, and Bevel's done a fine job, but really going back to what Matt Patricia was there, and... The Buccaneers, I know, you know, they've been a little up and down, and there's, you know, what's going on between Brady and Arians, but I expect the Buccaneers to get a win. Uh, the games in Detroit, that doesn't really do anything for me. I think the Buccaneers' offense will be able to feast on a Lions secondary that struggled all season long, with or without uh, Jeff Okuda. Okuda was struggled when he there, now he's injured this Lions defense, you know, we we're talking about the Vikings and their defense on the rise and how they're gonna have to focus on the offensive line. The Lions have to focus on their entire defense and I feel like we've been saying this year in and year out and yet they you know, whatever they've tried, whether that be Flowers, their pass rusher for what, five years, ninety million, that didn't work. They drafted Jeff Okuda, and obviously it's one year. I'm not gonna give up on a guy who was a third overall pick and talent wise was worth that pick. But one year he did not look good, so I feel like whatever the Lions try to throw at that defense to at least try to improve it and or at least show signs of promise, nothing's worked. So I obviously the head coaching hire is going to be big for them, but they have to get the GM, they have to get the GM right and build a consistent football, well-rounded football team because. And I've said I Matthew Stafford I think is a very good quarterback, but they failed to surround him with the proper pieces, whether that be a uh, you know, an above average offensive line or a defense in which, you know, he doesn't have to feel the pressure of scoring thirty plus points a game. And I think if they do want to beat the Buccaneers, he's probably gonna to have to score over thirty points a game. Or at least in this game.
1: Yeah. You're absolutely right. The problem lay is in the Lions defense. They're gonna to have to draft best player available there they're, they really, you know, there's so many, I feel like there's so many different areas and holes that they can improve upon, um, which is mostly a bad thing, but the good thing is there's, you don't have to be super selective with what what you go after because a lot will help this defense and especially a good coach to kind of galvanize, uh, a younger defense too. Um, but on the Buccaneers side of things, you know, this, um, you know, maybe I was wrong about the uh, the Saints not having a lot to, to play for or everything up to grabs. But if the uh, the Saints if the Saints lose, the Buccaneers take care of business. Um, we could be talking about some uh, Week 17 uh, scenarios for who comes out in the NFC South, Alex. So you're absolutely right about that. Um, and and the, the most importantly for the Bucks, I think it's just kind of those, you know, bringing the the, the tail, not having that tail of two halves storyline as it did against the Falcons, and I think the Lions have that potential to to kind of, you know, put up the amount of points. So was it was it twenty four unanswered in the first half that the was it well
0: 21? I know it was. A- at halftime, it was 17 nothing, and then it was 24-7 around midway through the third quarter, and then they won, like, 31-27, so...
1: Right. That's not something you want to see, um, especially from a, a Bucks defense that was looking okay, looking solid, getting back into their groove, um, but... It, getting those two solid halves of football and just kind of putting it together as they as they move forward and try to make this NFC South push will be very important for
0: them. Yeah, I know you always want to put, you know, good halves of football together, but also just, you know, full games heading into the playoffs where even if you're 100% locked into your playoff seating, which the Buccaneers are not, but even if they were, you always want to ride some momentum and have some confidence heading into that postseason, which, you know, this is a game where the Buccaneers can 100% do that. So now let's go to the Niners and Cardinals, and George Cotto's coming back, which is good news for the Niners. I don't even know if he should be coming back, knowing the position the 49ers are in. Shai is, uh, on Zoom, shaking his head no. I'm going with the Cardinals here, and, you know, this could be it for Robert Salah. This could be his last two games as the 49ers defensive coordinator. I think he's done a pretty good job this season with that defense, given the amount of injuries they've had gone through really from week 2 throughout throughout the entire season and i think this niners team especially the defense will be back next year but with all the injuries and then some of the covid situations that it really hit them right from the beginning this in maybe in some divisions uh you can kind of be okay and limp through them but coming in the nfc west was the best division in football and yeah, we can talk about the Rams losing to the Jets and everything, but for the most part, it has lived up to the hype. And the Niners just suffered way too many injuries to overcome uh, a hole that, you know, they were in. And again, considering who was ahead of them, it just seemed like they weren't going to come back. So I'm going with the Cardinals here. It You know, we'll see if the Niners can keep it close. They've shown they can do that when maybe we didn't expect and I think there's going to be questions about the offseason, about Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, I will see if he is the quarterback, but I definitely know there are a lot of people out there who are hoping for a change in a guy who maybe possesses more athletic ability than Jimmy D. Jimmy G does.
1: Yeah, um just want to say, I think Robert Sala's did a fantastic job um, last year they went to the Super Bowl that defense was fantastic and then this year with all those injuries really just keeping them in these games they have five wins that maybe they shouldn't have uh, considering all the injuries they've gone through both defensively and offensively um, so I do think he'll be a head coach um, look in the I'll,
0: I'll say this we just talked about the Detroit Lions I've seen a lot of rumors that have linked possibly the Lions and Salah so if I'm look. I don't have any insider information here, but I, you know, as just someone who maybe is looking forward to seeing some head coaching vacancies get filled and which teams go after which candidate, I will be looking at possibly Salah of the Lions in terms of uh who might who might be filling in, uh for the Lions long term at the head coaching vacancy. Just yeah, want just want to throw that out there.
1: That'd be an interesting fit. Um. I do think the Niners keep this game close, though. I think that defense does stand tall in this uh, NFC West divisional game. You know, they're not going to roll over it for anyone. They don't. They, they, they've shown that. Um, they've had their. They've had their tough losses, of course. But I do think that you know they're able to kind of keep Kyler Murray and company in check. I do think the Cardinals win because the. I mean, the Niners don't have a lot uh, on the line here, except for kind of making life difficult for a division opponent, which, as we've seen uh, on, on Monday night, uh, which, you know, we'll get to that later, recapping that, but that's always a solid motivation. But I do think the Cardinals in this passing attack, given the, some of the struggles that they've had, that the Niner defense has had in the secondary, should be enough to, to carry them to victory here.
0: And the secondary might not be getting any better in the off season, as it's been reported that Richard Sherman is likely to possibly depart from the Niners organization. So now let's go to the final Saturday game. The Dolphins taking on the Raiders. And I like the Miami Dolphins. This Raiders team has, you know, fallen off. And I don't know what they are at this point. I will say Marcus Mariota looked great. He looked, When he had a fill-in... On really no notice for Derek Carr in the game last Thursday night against the Chargers, he looked great. And I definitely think, you know, with remember, he did go number two overall. So he does have talent. He has a ton of athletic ability. So I definitely think he can definitely uh, be a reclamation project for a team and be a team that— or be a player that—a lot like the guy who replaced him in Ryan Tannehill, sit back for a year, be a backup— learn uh you know not feel a ton of pressure being the number two overall pick and being the savior of a franchise i think he can sign with the team on a low risk deal and do do some pretty good things that maybe a lot of others have given up on him so i will say marcus Mariota played well but i guess going back to the dolphins raiders game i mean the dolphins have played very well above all expectations credit to Brian Flores. If the Dolphins do hold on to that last wild card spot, he's my, no doubt about it, coach of the year. So I, I just think that that defense is going to make it really tough on whoever's starting a quarterback. At this point, uh, Gruden uh, said it, he's optimistic that Derek Carr will indeed be the starter, but whether it's Carr or Mariota, I think this Dolphins defense is going to make it really tough. I mean, Xavier Howard is having a career year. He's this season. I think he's probably been the best cornerback in the NFL, and I think he he has every right to be right in the thick of the uh, defensive player of the year conversation with T.J. Watt, with Aaron Donald, with Miles Garrett. So I just think you know we'll see how you know this Dolphins offense performs because I think that's kind of I don't want to say a weakness, but you know when you think about how this Dolphins team has won games, it's mainly been on the back of the defense. But the you know, Raiders don't have a dominant defense themselves, so Dolphins might even have the edge on that side of the ball as well. But I, I just think Derek Carr or whoever starts at quarterback is going to really have, really have a tough time going against this Miami defense.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. When I'm going to take the Dolphins as well. and he's also Brian Flores would also be my coach of the year pick. I think I mentioned that um, last week on the podcast as well. I think when you look at this game, um, this Raiders offense, uh, they, they rely a lot on that running game with Josh Jacobs, drawing the defense in, and then Derek Carr hitting his playmakers like Henry Ruggs over the top, Darren Waller, etc. And against the Dolphins secondary, where they can kind of just stick Xavier Howard, they can have Byron Jones, they have such a good secondary where they could just play single coverage, man coverage on there on the... Playmakers of the other team, and it makes it really hard for them to get open. And they can still stop the run. That's going to be very hard, I think, for whoever's, again, whoever's starting in quarterback to kind of overcome and still be able to make that offense dynamic against the Dolphins defense. Um, So, in that vein, I'm going to pick the Dolphins. Um, to win this game. This game has a lot of playoff implications, Alex, especially as we take it over the the Dolphins play the Bills next week, and then you have that scenario of the Ravens, you know, the Giants, so we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but um, definitely an interesting game to watch as we kind of go through those playoff scenarios.
0: And Flores, remember, he saw a guy like Rob Gronkowski up close, so I'm not saying he'll be able to absolutely shut down Darren Waller, but I do think he'll have a game plan in order to be able to limit him and make sure he doesn't completely take over this matchup. So now let's go to the Sunday slate, as you were talking about kind of the Giants-Ravens game. And we're going to go to that game. It's the Giants against the Ravens, and I think we're both going to pick the Ravens. But I'll say this. If Damon Jones is healthy, and I'm not talking about like out on the field, like if he can run the entire playbook, run the RPOs, run the zone reads and read uh, or, and run all run the entire playbook without any hit without anything hindering him in terms of his ankle or his hamstring. I think the Giants can keep this game close i 'm not saying they 'll win the game, but I wouldn't be surprised if it 's a one possession game in the fourth quarter, and the Giants have a shot to win the game they 're going to get James Bradbury back on defense, who in my mind, is probably their best player on the entire team, if not second best, to Leonard Williams. So I think that should obviously really help the defense and allow them to do a lot a lot more things. You know, Isaac Yadam should not be your number one cornerback, and Julian Love, who I like coming out of Notre Dame, has kind of converted to a safety, and he hasn't played corner since in, since college. So ha- they just had to do so many things without with Bradbury out, and they rely on him so much on the back end of their defense. So having him... Uh, absent against Cleveland which is such such a massive loss so I think with him back it's going to allow him to be more creative be more multiple on defense and Patrick Graham has done a really good job of maximizing the resources he has so I think I think they'll be able to limit Lamar Jackson to an extent I'm just really concerned about this Ravens defense you know we talked about kind of the secondary and the Dolphins I mean the Ravens have Maybe an equally dominant secondary with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. Obviously, we all know about their front seven being some, being the best in the game or among the best in the game. And hey, we have two special teams coordinators and John Harbaugh and Joe Judge going at it. So that should also be fun as I do think special teams coordinators should get more opportunities to interview for head coaching jobs. But I, I like Baltimore in this game when it's all said and done. But I definitely think this Giants defense with Bradbury back can keep things close
1: yeah i agree with you again we have a lot we haven't had a lot of arguments today it's unusual um but i I we we
0: save that for the post for after the podcast
1: (laughs) yeah yeah we've we've been well behaved this uh this week you know and then time for the holidays um back to the game i do think the ravens are gonna pull this one out um But I think that Patrick Graham, as you said, will have a plan for Lamar Jackson. The blueprint is still there for how to contain this Ravens offense. Um, I think there's a little bit of a fire lit under them, Ravens, right now. They know it's now or never. They've got to basically win out to make the playoffs. They have to win out to make the playoffs, basically. I mean, yeah, almost. Oh, I I don't want to say... uh, Like, completely, because there are some scenarios, but...
0: Their easiest easiest path is winning out.
1: (laughs) The easiest path is to, of course, is to win out. Um, But I do think the Giants will keep them in check. This should be a low-scoring game. Um, But what will really define this game, whether it gets out of hand or Baltimore's favor, is how, as you said, how well can Daniel Jones conduct this Giants offense against a, a tough Baltimore defense? Because when it's all said and done, Giants can have a shot. If this is you know a one-score game, you know late in it, we'll have to see. I think they'll give them, the Ravens a run for their money, but I do think Baltimore does get this much-needed victory here on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and to be honest, you know if I'm gonna say like, oh, should Darren Jones start? Should he not start? I- I'm not there. I don't see him every day. I'm not seeing every rep he's taken, so I'm not gonna say one way or another. But if he looked like he did against the Cardinals. There's absolutely no way he should be playing this game. <laughs> so, let's go to the Falcons and Chiefs. And, Shai, I think we might agree here again. I think we're probably both going with the Chiefs here. My question to you is, fourth quarter, how big of a lead do the Falcons have to have against the Chiefs to think they're going to win?
1: Hmm. Maybe, uh i I put it at
0: twenty four points twenty four points okay that's where i put it so so if the if the Falcons have anything less than a twenty four point lead heading into the fourth quarter, you're worried
1: i'm worried absolutely
0: <laughs> i mean we're we're both going with the chiefs. I don't think at any point the Falcons are gonna have a twenty four point lead in this one, but I think Mahome's in a dome against the falcons offense i mean that can be dangerous. I am mean, Mahomes could break who knows how many personal records I, I think Mahomes is gonna have a big game I think he's gonna spray the ball around I think Kelsey Tyreek Hill I think even Le'Veon Bell Clyde Edwards lair has I believe the high ankle sprain so he won't be able to play so I think everyone's gonna eat in this Chiefs offense I think the Falcons will be able to put up points but I just don't think they'll be able to do it at the rate that the Chiefs will especially like we we're not gonna go ahead and brag about the Chiefs defense, but they're at the end of the day, I would still say they're respectable defense when Atlanta has so many problems on that side of the ball, and they're just inconsistent overall, kinda of like the Lions. I, I believe the Falcons and Lions are in very similar situations heading into the offseason. Both need a new GM, both need a new head coach, both have issues on defense, and both overall have pretty have been pretty inconsistent. So we're both going with the Chiefs here, and I guess, Sha, if you want to add any more analysis, you can.
1: No, yeah, I just think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think if the, oh, the the Falcons, they have like 20, 25, we're going to see the Chiefs at 40, 45, you know. So it's going to be very high-scoring. I think the Falcons, I wouldn't be super surprised if the Falcons are able to kind of make it a little interesting down the line where the Chiefs kind of have to pull away in the fourth. Um, But at no point will I be watching this game thinking the Falcons are
0: going to win, Alex. Even if if they have a 23-point lead in the fourth quarter, apparently. Yes. So let's go to the Browns. And yes, the New York one-win Jets. The Jets finally got their first win. And I'll say this. And I'm picking the Browns, but I'll say this. At no point in the season should a team tank. At no point in the season should a team purposefully lose any game. And in the words of Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. And if you're a Jets fan and you wanted your team to lose, so be it. That's fine. I I can't tell you how to root for your team. But in terms of pride, and you know what? Good for Sam Darnold for winning a game. I think Adam Gay should be gone yesterday. I think he should have been gone yesterday. But you know what? Good for him for not listening to the outside media and not listening to some outside noise about, you know, tanking for Trevor and and they went ahead and pulled an upset. Good for that entire team. I I understand if you're upset and frustrated and wanted the Jets to lose or in past years you wanted your team to lose. But at no point should a team lose a game on purpose or tank. You know, this is the NFL. This is It doesn't get any higher than this in terms of level. If you're in the NFL, you're there for a reason. And at no point should you be trying to lose or tanking. And And I'll say it again. You play to win the game. So good for the Jets for fighting. Showing heart and pulling off an upset against the Rams last week. Good for them. Now going to the Browns-Jets game. I'm going with Cleveland. I think the Jets still have a lot of problems on that team. Cleveland's riding high. I know they lost to Baltimore, but that was still... I mean, they hung right right in there with them. Bakers played great football. Uh, Mayfield looked great, even when the run game wasn't dominant last week against the Giants. So I got the Browns win this game. The game's in Cleveland, and Browns are going to the playoff. Browns are going to be finding themselves in some mid-January football, which obviously they have not experienced in quite a while.
1: Yeah, I want to take the Browns as well. Um, Back to your point about the Jets, I completely agree with you. Um, Good, you know, again, you're a fan. You can. You have every right to. You know, want your team to get Trevor Lawrence or whoever draft wise, and uh, if you, you know, but if you know you, as you said, you play to win. It, it that's what makes football, you know, the game that it is, the competitive, the competitive game that it is. And if you're a coach and you're telling your players, you know, or, or if you have the mindset, the mentality that you're not giving a hundred percent on the field, that's you know, that really saddens me. Uh, and i reminded, I'm kind of reminded of last year of when uh, when Ben Roethlisberger went down for the Steelers and it looked like they were going to have, you know, a top three pick and, you know, to add to their team, which was already, you know, had the pieces around them to, to be good. And then they went out and they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick a couple days later. And I was thinking to myself, wow. And I wasn't too happy at first. I I thought we'd just given away a top five pick for safety. That's been good, but not great. But I, but I, let me tell you, Alex, I've never, I, in the years being a Steelers fan, I have not been as proud, um, by the way we competed that season. I was very proud by how Mike Tomlin and the Steelers handled that season and, and how they competed every game. So that's just what I wanted to leave you with there. Other than that, I had taken the Browns in this game and, uh, It'll be interesting to see them playing January
0: football, as you said. Yeah, and I, it also saddens me when, you know, what makes football so... What makes the NFL so great is just... We say any given Sunday, or I guess in this week, any given Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. But you never know what's going to happen. And I think that's why the NFL has such a great fan base, you know, across all 32 teams. Because you never know what's going to happen because the NFL is so competitive. And... In college, yeah, you'll see an upset now and then. But in college, you kind of know who the final four, five, six teams are going to be every year. You know, the, the final four every year in college, you can probably safely predict three or even four of the teams. In the NFL, it changes year to year, and every week is so competitive. And that's what I love about the NFL. So a team... Trying to lose, and also when a coach tells you go lose the game, drop drop passes on purpose, allow completion. That's just a lot about culture. It says a lot about your culture, and a team that yes, as bad as the Jets are, they need to build a strong foundation and a strong culture. And losing, purposely losing, would have only made that worse. So, Shy, I was. I guess, kind of quickly, quick thoughts, and we'll get into this more as the draft comes. But if the Jets, now that they pick number two, what are you doing with the pick? Do you still stick with quarterback and a Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? Or do you stick with Darnold? Like, are you based... Do you think Donald? Because I think a lot of the thing with Trevor Lawrence is Donald's fine, but Trevor Lawrence is generational. If the Jaguars hold on to that pick... The number one pick, and I don't think the Jaguars should tank either. I, I don't. I think the Jaguars should play hard this Sunday and next Sunday. But the Jaguars do hold on to that number one pick. Do you stick with Darnold now if you're the Jets?
1: I think it depends on how you evaluate him from the coaching staff, who you who you bring in by then, what general managers you have. It depends a lot on that front office how do they feel going in? Do they want to bring someone in, someone new? Do they feel like that might help revamp, you know, maybe that culture or, you know, not that that's Sam Donald's fault or anything, but I mean, you know, maybe they feel it might be better to just kind of part ways, start fresh. If you're asking me if I am making the decisions for the New York Jets, I'm probably taking Justin Fields. I like him a lot as a prospect, maybe too much, but I, I... I I do really like him out of Ohio State. I think he will bring that spark, that that, that energy to the Jets' offense. He's got uh, very good athleticism. I, I I really do think that Sam Darnold, just all that he's been through this organization and and he, all he's known is kind of just losing. Well, and I, having uh, that terrible situation, which isn't his fault. I just think that it might be better for everyone to just kind of move on and and take a a quarterback in Justin Fields who I liked better than Sam Darnold coming out of college, and I think right now it's comparable.
0: I was just thinking, and this will be the last thoughts before we resume the NFL schedule, but if we made a list of all the people or at least mainly the main people in the Jets organization – and we ranked them of why the Jets are one in thirteen and why the Jets were this far into the season without a win. Of you know, top being they are the most, and bottom being they had nothing to do with it. I would think Sam Donald's probably closer to the bottom than the top of the list.
1: I would say that's probably correct, but, but that but, but I would also say that. Let's not make the mistake of, of not giving Sam Darnold any credit. Because you watch some Jets games, and some of the decisions he makes, or some of the throws he makes...
0: Because he feels like he has to do everything, because he does have to do everything.
1: <laughs> that's true, but again, when, when you're in that situation, it's really hard. I understand that.
0: If Sam Darnold were on the Bills, are we talking about him similar, similarly uh, to how we're talking about Josh Allen?
1: course you're there you know
0: i'm uh, not going to debate you so i'm just saying, so we're trying, I'm just saying
1: i'm just saying i mean probably similarly we, but i'm
0: not saying, not. saying exactly Actually, but we're
1: maybe maybe not you can also make the argument that maybe not i'm not so, saying
0: exactly I, like josh allen but we are raving all over about josh allen and now we're saying that sam Darnold would at least compared to josh allen if they were in the would, same situation
1: I think you would compare, but I still think Josh Allen would be better.
0: By how much? I, a lot, a little, barely any, medium.
1: I think like one, one rung. If if you know what I mean. One maybe tier. One, level.
0: one tier, but maybe.
1: One tier. That's that's how I would put it. Because when you again, when you watch Sam Darnold, again the situation into account, you see mistakes. You see some accuracy mistake. You see him not reading the field completely. And there are probably some other reasons for that besides, you know, him making mistakes as a quarterback, him not being as good as he can be. and But you also take into account when you're evaluating. So I think, you know, we got to give him some of the credit for that offense and that their struggles as well.
0: Okay, so we'll obviously talk way more about that as the draft comes closer and closer. So we were just talking about the Jets. Now they have the number two overall pick. The Jaguars have the number one overall pick, and they are taking on the – blazing hot Mitchell Trubisky I never thought Trubisky should have gotten benched you know I know Nick Foles they benched him in the middle of the Falcons game Foles comes in and you know tears it up leads him to a victory but I thought they pulled the string on Trubisky too early in the season I would have liked to see Trubisky play a little more and against Houston and then last week against the Vikings this Bears offense has been able to point put points on the board and at a, at a rate that we have not seen in quite a while so I am I think Chicago's going to continue to be able to put points on the board and I think their defense which has always been a bright spot in this organization and on this team I think we'll be able to kind of wreak havoc on whoever's starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars at this point and look I think the Jaguars should absolutely try hard to win a game uh, again I, I'm never going to support or encourage tanking but I do think just because the Bears are a better team, I do think the Bears get the win against Jacksonville.
1: I I agree. I think that the Bears right now... I You can make the argument, you know, whether or not you're right, it, whether Matt Nagy needs to go, whether Trubisky needs to go, you know. And I would disagree and agree on some uh, some points probably within there, but everyone has their stance. But... The bears seem to have a fire now they seem to be they seem to have motivation have to And of the they're course.
0: in it they're not completely out of the wildcard race
1: no it would be unlikely for them to make it but they can they still have a chance it's and probably
0: between them and the cardinals it's, it, it's a two team race for the last wild card spot Cardinals bears
1: right and then obviously the Cardinals control their own destiny the bears would need a little bit of help but it's not you know they, 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 they still have a chance. And they—they're playing with fire. They're playing. With, they seem to be playing with passion. It's something that I could say about them a few weeks ago, Alex. Um, you know, and I, I'm, you can make the argument has Trubisky given them some of that life. I think he has. I think he knows that you know he's playing for his, his starting career right now. And will will this run save him? I don't think so. But you know, it's still, it's still nice to see from that perspective. Tags, yeah. They are the number one pick right now. I think if they're playing for it, if, the, if they're going to try to tank, which I say they shouldn't, But whether they do or not, I still think the Bears are the better football team. I think they're going to want it more. I think they're, they're going to play better and win this game. All
0: right, so now let's go Bengals, Texans, and Bengals coming off with a really nice win against the division rival Pittsburgh Steelers, and I know you obviously were – disgusted to say the least about how your Steelers performed and we'll get to the Steelers in just a little bit but Bengals you have to it's promising it's promising knowing what they were able to do against, you know, the big bad Steelers. <clears throat> I do think though they come back to reality and I think Deshaun Watson even without basically any of his weapons, you know, is going to get a win against the Cincinnati Bengals. I would say both these teams are in great positions for the draft. But the Texans pick is the Dolphins pick because of the trade, so the Texans aren't at all in a good position draft wise. I'm I'm gonna go with Houston though. At the end of the day, I just trust Deshaun Watson more than whoever's starting for the Bengals. Look, it's looking like possibly Brandon Allen this week, but uh, I'm going with the I'm going with the Texans here. I think you know, good job for the Bengals. <clears throat> Excuse me. A good win to build on, even even when we're talking about a year to year build like what the Bengals are going through. But I do think the Texans get a win here.
1: Let me ask you this, Alex: If Deshaun Watson is replaced with Ben Roethlisberger on Monday night, who wins that game?
0: I think the Steelers.
1: That shouldn't be. You said like it was a question. Of course, the Steelers win. Ben Roethlisberger was the main problem there. And we'll get to talk about that more, more the later. The
0: Texans don't have the defense the Steelers have, though.
1: Right, of course. But that, that's a good point. But I, I, I still And the Texans are
0: missing, really, all of their weapons.
1: That's a good point. But I think when you look at, you know, just, you know, Ben Roethlisberger made this Bengals defense look like a juggernaut. Which is not Deshaun Watson should be able to to pick them apart. Um, they're not. They've, they've got. They've got some promise there, but Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson. You know, he he can. You know, he'll read the zone coverages. He won't get fooled by the the the, the several the, the high safety looks and Von Bell coming down and whatever. And he can throw the ball down the field. But that's you know when I look at that, I, I just saw the team, the quarterback play, and they're they're not going to make the mistake with the Steelers in overlooking Cincinnati.
0: So let's go now to the aforementioned Steelers taking on the Indianapolis Colts. And I know they lost to Brandon, or to Ryan Finley. And I know they lost to a Cincinnati Bengals team that is shredded with a lot of injuries and just they've really struggled since Joe Burrow. But I'm still going with the Steelers. (laughs) And, shy, I think we're going to disagree despite you being the Steelers man. But I do think that although Cincinnati was able to put up 20 points, a lot of that was because they took over in Steelers territory. And I just think the Steelers defense is going to create havoc and force Philip Rivers to throw multiple interceptions. And I just think Philip Rivers is going to have maybe one of his worst days as a cult as maybe one of his worst days of his career. I think he's really going to struggle. And I think the Steelers' defense, which the entire team does play better in Pittsburgh, so I think as bleak as the Steelers look right now, I think they get a huge, huge bounce back win against a team that looks like will be also playing some mid-to-late January football in the Indianapolis Colts. I know you're going with the Colts, Shai, but I, I still have a little faith in the Steelers, as little as that might be.
1: <laughs> yeah, um... I'm gonna go with the Colts here, and it's it's not it's pretty easy for me. I'm not throwing the Steelers' season out the window, but it's watching this team and analyzing it in depth, like I do. Being the football fan and the Steelers fan, I am. I I can't pick the Steelers and get in good conscience to win this game, Alex. And they have just so many problems offensively. I well, know, I'm not maybe, picking them because of
0: their offense. I'll say
1: that. <laughs> I know you're not, but you gotta also think. Yeah, I think a defense, will Steelers defense, keeps them in this game. I think Phillip Rivers may turn the ball over, but who's to say that Steelers offense and Big Ben Roethlisberger having three turnovers against a two a two win team making them look like a great defense. You know, who say they won't have more turnovers, Alex? I mean, that is, is is the real question. You know, can the Steelers' offense generate anything against one of the better defenses in the league, being the Indianapolis Colts?
0: It's going to be a defensive-driven game. game. It's definitely going to be a defensive-driven sure. game, and it might. Sure. It's probably come down to who turns the ball over less. That's what it will probably yeah. come down to.
1: Yeah, it, it certainly could be. Who can move the ball? Who can turn the ball over less? But I, you know. The, the Steelers' offensive line, you know, to, to add to their issues that they already had, yeah, the running game was marginally better, the receivers didn't drop the ball. They lost to a two-in team. Let's not, you know, let's not make too much of that. But the the Steelers, their, their offense, to add to the issues they had, their offensive line was bad. They're playing the Colts with a great defensive line. Ben Roethlisberger can't
0: push the ball down the field at all. The Colts are going to win this game, Alex. Okay, so now let's go to Panthers and Washington. And it looks like Dwayne Haskins could be trending and starting, although Alex Smith has played or has practiced with some of the starters. Haskins is getting the first-team reps. I don't have that much faith in Dwayne Haskins, no matter who he plays. But I am still going with Washington. And it's on the— going to be on the backs of their defense like it has for the last few weeks. They didn't score an offensive touchdown against the Niners, and they still put up 23 points because of two defensive touchdowns. I think it's going to be that type of game. I think Teddy Bridgewater, although he's had a nice year, I think Washington's going to be able to force uh, multiple turnovers, possibly even a defensive score. And I think Washington's defense is really going to create chaos for the Panthers' offense. And, you know, Panthers obviously are rebuilding. They've had some nice wins uh, They're also now in the general manager market, but uh, I'm going with Washington, really I'm on their backs of their defense, and if Alex Smith plays, that's then I don't even know if this game will be that close, because mainly because of the defense, but hey, maybe Haskins can keep it close for Carolina.
1: I'm going to take the Panthers. Yeah, I'm going to take the opposite. Which, as
0: a Giants fan, I am hoping for. I'm hoping yeah. you're right.
1: We'll have to see. I I do think that let's let's not. You know, I feel like when when, when I when I you know I live in D.C. I hear Washington football team fans talk about. Although things.
0: you're in although you're you are in North Carolina.
1: I'm in North Carolina right now. That it, I didn't even think about that when I was making this pick. Um, but yes, uh, yeah, I am in North Carolina right now. But I do live in d c primarily. Uh, and I hear Washington football team talk a lot. fans talk a lot about that how great this defense is and you know whatnot and so forth. but let's face it, yeah, they shut down the Steelers. they're not a great offense. They struggle a little they they slowed down Russell Wilson a decent bit, but they still were able to get some momentum going. I think that. The, the Washington football team's confidence is a little too high. Not not high, but it, it's they're not going to be have a ton of success. I think shutting down the Panthers' offense. I think Teddy Bridgewater he doesn't turn the ball over. I think that's his strength. I think he's got playmakers, and I think they'll, he'll be able to get the ball out quickly to them and be able to take the shots down the field to Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore and expose kind of the weaknesses in the secondary that this Washington football team has and kind of allow them to win the panthers to win that game that way and, and make this up and, uh, make this upset and make the nfc east a little more interesting
0: yeah i just don't know if we'll have the time to get the ball down the field and make those explosive plays you know they're gonna have to do some type of quick passing game and obviously it's ron rivera's revenge game so uh quickly shot let's now move on broncos chargers i'm going with the chargers they they found they finally won a close game last week um and i think i think i don't think this game will go into overtime and or be as close the broncos they're an up and down team they have some nice pieces they've also battled a lot of injuries and the chargers was this looks like it could be it for anthony lynn but they definitely are a team led by justin herbert on the come up and look like a team that could be reckoned with in 2021-2022 in the future. So I'm I'm going with the Chargers here. I think Justin Herber, Herbert will be able to have a pretty nice day against that Broncos secondary. Uh, Hunter Henry's on the COVID list. Allen is a game time decision. So the Chargers are definitely missing pieces on offense. But I definitely think Herbert and the Chargers overall team will be able to overcome that and get a division win.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna take the Chargers as well. I think it might be closer than. But- And some people think, um, but I, I do think Justin Herbert,
0: no, no, it's the Chargers. It'll be close. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The Chargers will Uh, make sure the game is close just for their fans. If they have any.
1: It's a fair point. Um, yeah, but I do think Justin Herbert will be able to move the ball fairly easily in the passing game. Um. There's not a lot else to, to to say here. The Chargers are on the come up. The Broncos got some question marks, and I think especially
0: at the quarterback position. We don't. Quarterback, what do they have in Drew Lock? We still don't really know.
1: I think that quarterback security for the Chargers will win them this game in and, an otherwise disappointing season.
0: So now let's go to a big division game. Well, I guess maybe not as, big. you know we we're just talking about Washington. Well, the division is still not theirs, and Philly and Dallas, believe it or not, are still in it. And they're facing one another. And more or less, it looks like the the winner uh, will stay alive while the loser could potentially be eliminated. And I'm going with Philly. They put Jalen Hurts in there, and they got this spark of confidence, of energy. But f- with Carson Wentz, they, look defeated, deflated, and looked like they wanted the season to end as soon as they could. With Hurts, they look like they're enjoying be- they're enjoying to play the game of football, which is what you want to see. So... With this renewed confidence, renewed effort, uh, pride as well. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Andy Dalton. Though it seems like every you know they won a couple games in a row. Their offense lit it up against the Niners, which I don't. I did not expect. So the Cowboys have been playing pretty well recently, but I definitely think division game should be a good game. But I think the renewed confidence and pride that Philly will be carrying into this game. Uh, they'll be able to ride that and their momentum and get a get a division win and hey head into week seventeen looks like they could potentially still be alive.
1: i to take the Eagles as well. Um, again, I completely agree with you. Carson Wentz was playing like he had everything to lose. Jalen Hurts playing like he has nothing to lose, and I think that this team, you know. It shows throughout the entire, they just they look more confident. They look, they, they, again, you said it perfectly. They look, they want to play the game of football. Um, and I think couple that with their defense, which is, you know, had their struggle. They still have that strong defensive line. Um, I think they'll be able to get to Andy Dalton and uh, Jalen Hurts should have a pretty good day. Uh, against this this pretty soft Cowboys defense. So I'm going to take the Eagles to stay in it as well.
0: So now let's go to another huge division game and the Rams who are coming off that uh, ugly, disgusting, embarrassing loss against the New York Jets, taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Rams got the win in L.A., games in Seattle. It's going to be close, but I do think Seattle's starting to get some of their mojo back. Obviously, not... You know they didn't blow Washington out of the water, but they did win that game, and then obviously a blowout the week before against the Jets, which obviously a team they should beat. But ask the Rams, <laughs> that that's no gimme. That's apparently not a gimme that some people did think. Um, I think the Seahawks they're getting some of their mojo back, and I, I think they get a win at home at Lumen Field. I still have to get used to saying Lumen Field, and uh, I it looks like the Seahawks might be. Uh, prepping to host a playoff game, as right now they're my pick to uh, sustain that division lead and win the division overall.
1: Yeah, I think Seattle's going to take this game as well. I I think it's going to be interesting to see how this Seattle defense, which has looked better and better of late. Really since that
0: Dunlap trade. Yeah. And Jamal Adams coming back from injury, it allowed him to disguise more things and be more creative on that side of the ball.
1: Those two have been the catalysts for sure um, to make that defense start to hum. Now you to see how they match up against a Rams offense um, where Jared Goff has really kind of, he struggled, he turned the ball over. When when he's turning the ball over, this Rams offense um, is is really poor. And when he's taking care of the ball, they're humming. It's all on his back. I think that the Seattle Seahawks will be able to get enough turnovers with the playmakers that they, they have, those two guys. Dunlap Adams, I think, will get some, make some plays in this game. And along with Russell Wilson, he'll, he'll do his thing. Um, but So I do like the Seahawks in this division lead as well.
0: Yeah, I'm also really interested. The Rams rushing attack. Cam Akers has had a big couple games. It looks like he'll be out. Believe so. Seeing seen guys like Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson be able to run the ball effectively. So Seahawks' run defense, which has really picked up and been actually pretty good the last few weeks since the Dunlap trade against a Rams rushing attack that's really led the way and thrived and allowed Goff to be successful. So obviously they don't want to have all the pressure on Goff's shoulders. So now let's go to the Sunday night game. The Tennessee Titans are traveling to the cold and the... Fr- The frozen tundra that is Lambeau Field, and I got the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, right now he's my MVP, and no disrespect to Mahomes or Josh Allen or Russell Wilson, but Rodgers is my MVP. He's been playing like that from day one against the Vikings, and I think he's going to continue to play like that. This Packers defense, it'll be a big test, though. What ultimately plagued them last year was they could not stop the Niners' rushing attack if their life depended on it. Now, they're facing one of, if not the best, rushing attacks with the Titans and Derrick Henry. Can they stop the run? I do think, even if they struggle, I think Aaron Rodgers and that Packers offense will be able to uh, still win and put up enough points. But if the Packers are going to go deep in the playoffs, and obviously this is a team with Super Bowl aspirations, they're going to have to stop the run. This will be a huge test to see if they can do that.
1: I absolutely agree. This is going to be one of the most interesting games um, of the week i think sunday night prime time prime time i'm gonna go with the packers as well i think aaron Rodgers is a bad man he's cooking he's doing his thing
0: is he, he uh, is here he well. uh, that was that's why i was gonna ask
1: yeah um and i think he'll have his way and be able to move the ball effectively against tennessee defense which is you know well coached but not as talented Right, that's been their their thing, especially in the secondary. They've struggled. Um, so I think Aaron Rodgers will move the ball there. And again, the, the test is, can the, the defense um, of Green Bay slow down Tennessee um, enough to, to win? I think they do. I think Tennessee is still able to move the ball and keep it close. Um, but that's really the question, as you said.
0: So that's, let's now go to the final game of... A f- full week in full of football starting on Friday, ending with the Monday night game. Bills, Patriots, in Foxborough? And yet, I'm going with the Bills. <laughs> I'm going with the Bills. I do think the Patriots will be able to keep this game close. I don't think Buffalo's going to blow him out. I think the Bills can keep it close. Or, sorry, excuse me, the Patriots can keep it close. But Josh Allen is having an incredible year, and he is in the MVP conversation, although I don't think he's a top two finalist right now with Mahomes and Rodgers, but he's done great things all season long. Buffalo, that defense that we expected coming in to be one of the top defenses and kind of disappointed, it looks like that defense has been more of the unit we thought heading into the season, which is credit to Leslie Frazier. Obviously, I have so much respect for their entire organization, and I definitely think you know both Brian Dable and, Le- and uh, Leslie Frazier could be up for head coaching jobs and vacancies. So, I'm going with the Bills to beat the Patriots, although I I do think this will be a close game.
1: Yeah, I was considering the upset here, but I don't, you know, I don't really see it. I think it's going to be a close game. But at the end of the day, Buffalo is immensely more talented and they're the better team. I think you can't overlook the New England Patriots ever. You can't overlook any team in this league, but especially not one that's coached by Bill Belichick. Um, I don't think the Bills are going to do that, uh, make that mistake. But I think it's going to be a a close game. I don't expect Josh Allen to be throwing touchdown passes here or there, but I I think it's going to be relatively low scoring. But I think the Bills will be able to score more than the Patriots, because um, that offense has really looked porous, uh, to say the least. So I'm going to take the Bills to win this game as well.
0: That's the ultimate goal of a game, right? Scoring more points than your opponent. That's how, that's how you win football games. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, easier said than done. So that's going to do it on this edition of NFL Game Time podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we we'll hope we hope you'll enjoy us for future episodes when we obviously. Um, end the regular season and also maybe make some of our playoff predictions and um, preview the postseason. See you next time on NFL Game Time Podcast.